0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. And and the special teams part of it is the deciding factor. One guy better might be a better player at his position, but he's not as good as the next guy as a special teams player when you start getting down to 4, 5 and 6. Welcome to the Real Bucks Talk Podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow Real Bucks Talk on all social media platforms. I'm your host, Michael and join, as always, my co-host, Mark Ramirez. And Mark, that song tells us one thing. It is September, and that only means it's week one of the NFL regular season.
1: Man, I'm excited. Hell yeah, so am I. It's September. It's real games. Mm -hmm. The excitement is real. New coaching staff just... A new culture, new new feeling. I mean, this is every first game of the season, right? But it's at home. Get excited, right? And we're doing this podcast first time, and Michael Plus's new digs, and it looks very flashy. I'll give him that. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh,
0: it's uh, different, different <laughs> uh, different uh, atmosphere, but it's fun. You know, it's uh, we're talking Bucks football, and there's a lot to discuss. I mean, a lot happened over the uh, happened over the weekend, so. You know, you got the fifty-three man roster. Um, we got the practice squad finalized. Again, moves can still be made. The roster always fluid, so there could be more moves as we get. You know, definitely, there's going to be more moves as we go through the season. But you know, right now, um, I mean, a lot, a lot of, a lot of good things. I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with the roster. Um, you know, more depth than other positions that I didn't think we we're going to have depth at, and uh, so that's always a good sign. But Let's jump into uh, the fans' questions. You yeah. uh, know, there's quite a few there, so a lot of good ones. Um, let's let's get get rolling.
1: All right, so let's start with this one. This is MojoShoes.com. Says, are we going to eat some cookies or some W's this year?
0: Well, hopefully both. I think we're going to get you know wins, and then after wins, we'll we'll eat some cookies. But uh, I think it, I think wins is definitely on the horizon. Uh, just the way we've seen the preseason gone uh they did go three and one in the preseason I know it doesn't mean much but uh they did have they found ways to win and you know we haven't seen that in the past so uh yeah it's it's good to be optimistic right now
1: yeah something Bruce Arian said and I mean there's you can be a culture where you just continue to lose like we were or even in the preseason you'll find ways to win a game even if it's close you want to win that badly that you'll go the extra edge to kind of get it and that's I mean, we won three. We lost one barely. So, I mean, it's all preseason. Like we've said before, we lost four games in a row and then won the, the Super Bowl. And the the Lions went 4-0 and in the preseason and then went 0-16. So, it's, it's funny stuff like that. But still, it's the beginning of a culture, and at least he's kind of seeing little things that he wants to see as a coaching staff. Uh, let's move on to – this is Callum. Kicking competition, if when they kicked they were pretty much neck and neck –
0: Oh, read oh, read the oh, next okay, one. Up. Okay,
1: yeah. so all right, this is okay. Here it is. Yeah. I, I should have seen it that way. <laughs> all right, this is Callum at Callum EFC. He says, "Big fan as a buck as a Bucks fan from Liverpool, England. Podcasts are key to getting the Bucks updates, news. Anyway, two questions. Well, either way, thank you, Callum. Two questions. What do you think will be promoted off? Who who do you think will be promoted off the practice squad first? If injuries weren't a factory factor." Or and two, gay is the kicker. But Santos, faultless. Why call it a why call it a kicking competition if they were I'm pooping on the day right now. <laughs> if when they kicked, they were pretty much neck and neck. I did want gay to win the job, but think it's unfair to call it a competition. Same goes for the QB competitions for backup. When Blaine Gabbert is healthy, I could see him being two. Even though RG Robert Griffin performed. Better under the lights. Answer (laughs) first, I guess, the gay competition, and then – Oh, no, first, the practice squad.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, practice squad. um, Yeah, I'm looking at it. I mean, a lot of the guys they brought in, you know, have been on the team. You know, first guy up, I I would probably say going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Um, You know, maybe a a Terry Beckner or one of the corners. Uh, I think Mozzie Wilkins made it, so – yeah, Wilkins or maybe John Battle, just because usually secondary, you know, has a tendency to get injured. Uh, I know they brought in offense lineman um, Brad Seaton as well. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they stay there. Hopefully they stay <laughs> Frag Scott, we stay healthy. Uh, but I, I like I like the squad. It's a, it's a good list, good uh, group of ten. A um, lot of speed on it. They added a running back, another running back in addition to Bruce Anderson today. I believe it's Tommy. I'm blanking on names, Tommy Brooks Jones, I believe, or Tony. I'm sorry, Tony brooks
1: Jones, Big Tony. Yeah,
0: so they brought him in, uh, and he's he had a good preseason. Uh, they have um, Jordan Leggett on there as well. So yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of good uh, good names, uh, a lot of potential with Emmanuel Hall, uh, you know, too. So I like it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, but based on your questions, injury is not a factor. I would say, yeah, maybe Wilkins or. Or John Battle, same thing. Because secondary, you just – right now you don't know 100%. I mean, they may have been playing good in preseason, but you don't know. And then based off of an injury, yeah. Mm -hmm. But John Battle I liked a lot. I thought he was a very heady player, instinctive, hit hard. He fits all the check marks that Todd Bowles likes in the defender. So I'm a big fan of his. Uh, The second question was the kicker competition and quarterback competition – So he said the Gay and Santos isn't faultless. Why call it a competition? Uh, So what is your take on that, kicking competition and backup quarterback?
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of knew, like, who was going to win those competitions, so I get his point, you know, in that standpoint, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, w- it was still good to have, you know, somebody pushing Matt Gay. And, and having a guy like Cairo, who's a veteran, I think did really good for him, make, making him better. So, uh, you know, the right guys won. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still good to have somebody pushing you regardless.
1: Yeah, the kicking competition, I, I put in the quotations, kicking competition, when Matt Gay hit the 53-yarder. I think it was his to lose. We mentioned this earlier. He's got the bigger leg. He's his more rare ability to hit kicks like that. Santos may be good within the 40, but there's going to be a time where it's, do we kick a 55-yarder or do we throw a bomb? And to know that you have a guy that can do that, in Matt Gay consistently, and actually had some pressure situations in preseason, that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. Now he has a baby, correct? Or he, we're waiting on it?
0: Uh, it should be. Should be on the Uh, way today, I believe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Either way, I mean... His wife was induced today, I believe. But, I mean, I I thought it was his to lose either way. Santos was just the competition to push him. And if -hmm. if he choked with Santos giving him pressure, then he wasn't the guy. So Santos would have taken over. I think that was the big deciding factor. Mm -hmm. And then backup quarterback, it was 100% Blaine Gabberts. I know Ryan Griffin's been doing so good in preseason forever. Just you can see the difference between... The zip on the ball between Blake Griffin or Blake Griffin, <laughs> Blaine Gabbert and Ryan Griffin. Yes. There it is. Okay, <laughs> basketball. Damn. Yeah. Uh Just it's a big difference. Uh, you can tell a guy that's going to make it and the guy that's not. You just see his ball float a lot. Can he win you a game and not lose it? I think it's going to be more. He's not going to lose you the game as opposed to win it for you. That's just my perspective, but. I hope he actually ends up finding a team to give him playing time because I don't think he's going to ever be a starter over here. Just saying.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And let me make a correction. So it's Tony Brooks James is, is the guy they picked up from Oregon. Uh, he was with Atlanta. So they picked him up for the practice squad. Uh, let me just run through the practice squad real quick just so we, we have it here. So we have Bruce Anderson, John Battle, Terry Beckner, Nick Fitzgerald, Emmanuel Hall, Nate Ter- Trewin. Mazzy Wilkins, Brad Seaton, and Jordan Leggett. So those are your ten guys. Um, So it's a a solid squad.
1: I mean, before we go on to the next question, I just (laughs) want to add, looking at all those names. So Mm -hmm. Terry Beckner, he had a good, quick get-off. We saw that in college. He didn't show out as much as he did on tape there as he could possibility in preseason. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Pat O'Connor balled out this offseason. Yeah, we just cut him. Mm -hmm. Sad. I thought he was going to make it, but we've, like Bruce Arian said, we found a guy that we could fill in, we thought was better, so they did it. There's just, everything's fluid, like you like to say. But the thing is, Pat O'Connor really did show what he could do. You never know he could be back in practice squad, like you said. But a guy like that, you didn't really hear of, and all of a sudden he made splash plays this year. Same thing can happen with Terry Beckner. Jordan Leggett looked really good in preseason. He could have a, a Tanner Hudson moment, like Tanner Hudson had last year. You didn't hear his name at all. And then all of a sudden, boom, he... Balls out every game of the preseason. Mm. There's little things like that. In Kazi, is it Kazi Wilkins? Uh,
0: Mozzie Wilkins.
1: Wilkins. Yeah, he He did very well in preseason. Luckily, he sticks with us and he's in a preseason or a practice squad. It's another guy that we could develop and make into a good player. These are good things you want to happen. Like, And like Emmanuel Hall, I really liked his speed in, at Missouri. I mentioned that in a podcast earlier. It's finding guys that fit your mold and you know will fit in the system. It's just getting them up to speed because these guys, other teams aren't looking at them because they haven't produced yet. But guess what? You guys know what they have, and they know it's going to fit in what they want them to do. So just manual haul. Yeah, manual hall. Get mm-hmm. your hands a little bit better, and you're there. Because athletically, he's got it. It's just get the hands. And he didn't have an opportunity to produce or luckily showed to other teams so he couldn't get plucked away. So we have a good stable back there. I'm, I'm happy with that little practice squad. Yeah, same here. Uh, I think we're good there. All right, so next question. Uh, yeah. Let's hope I don't butcher this one. Sorry, Callum for Callum for butchering your last question. Uh, James, Mr. Bucks Nation, guys. There's a big question here. Who are some veteran free agent linemen you guys would like the Buccaneers to pick up?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, probably a few out there. I mean, the one that comes to mind is probably uh, Stefan Wisniewski. I think he would he would be a good addition. Um, you know, a guy that can play center or guard, and I think that's something they probably would like to upgrade is the interior depth. Uh, I think the tackle spot they're pretty good now with the with the recent moves they've made, but I think Wisniewski would be a, a nice veteran presence to uh, to bring in here. A guy that started a lot of games and has been productive um, at the same time. So if they can bring in someone like that, you know, I, I wouldn't mind it. Maybe you let go of, um, you know, a Zach Bailey or, or a Beninak yeah. and, and move on, you know, that way.
1: That hurt. Uh, so that's the offensive lineman. What about if you mentioned defense? Defense you just said lineman. He didn't really say offensive or defense.
0: Oh, true. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's defense, I, I like Dayton, or Dayton uh, Jones um, from Jacksonville. I thought he looked really good in the preseason. He can get after the quarterback. Um, obviously, I mean, there's still some good veterans out there in Muhammad Wilkerson. Um, I'm trying to think of other other guys that have recently been let go. Um, there's one connection out there, a Todd Bowles connection, Jer- Jeremiah Atachu, I think is his name. Yeah, Jets guy. He played for San Diego and actually had a really good year, his second year in his career. Uh, the poor guy just can't stay healthy, so that's probably why he's been released again. But, you know, he would be someone to look at. Uh, I'm trying to blank on names. But those two guys
1: that I first mentioned, those those would be the
0: guys i look at.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with those two points. I mean, who's the other Washington guy? Did you mention him? Washington. Uh, from Redskins? or? Yeah, you said Washington was released. I think it was an Ohio State guy.
0: When oh, from Miami. Yeah, there was actually a couple of guys from Miami released. Uh, Vincent Taylor today. Yeah. That would be a nice pickup. He's young, and he's got some potential. Um, also, uh, Adolphus Washington as well. Yeah, so, there he is. Yeah, any of those guys that went in mines. Um, I'm looking through the list here now, just going through the names. Uh, defense alignment. Uh, let's see. Most of these guys got picked up. Uh, Jonathan Bullard, he got picked up. Um
1: but that, that's a testament saying that we didn't put in a waiver for anyone. That's,
0: right. And, and, you know, right. we, we could have put some waivers on some guys. We just didn't get them because the teams before us picked them up. So, you know, Arizona got five new players. And then you had, um, you know, I think a couple other of the other teams picked up some players. The Jets claimed some guys. So, yeah, I mean, you just never know. We might have put in some, some –
1: uh, Yeah, It shows we didn't get polite because Seattle got them. We're way above Seattle. So, right. obviously yeah. his – demeanor just didn't fit i i, I think polite just
0: wasn't the an answer yeah. it just seems like he needs a lot of work uh, a lot of mental uh, issues mental with, work yeah mental <laughs> work with him uh and and that's the thing i mean bruce has talked about it. he wants smart football players and polite's just not looking like a smart guy right yeah. now and that that's going to hurt you making this team
1: i agree with that but with that let's go on to the next question this is from Demetrios. he said email the question guys looking forward to it and again thank you for saying that it, Demetrios, we do have an email. You can just contact us at at realbuckstalk at gmail.com if you want to get in your questions that way. Just because, yeah, we do podcasts maybe on a Monday, sometimes a Friday. But if you want a question, you don't want to hold it until we ask for questions. Just throw it into the realbuckstalk at gmail.com and we'll automatically see it. And we always look at that first before we go to Twitter. So Demetrios, here's your question. He says, fellas, first of all, thanks for the great content. Keep it up. Thank you again. And he said, question, are you concerned about the pass rush or like me, do you see Bulls finding a way to generate pressure? Demetrius.
0: Yeah, thanks Demetrius. Uh, very uh, kind words there. Uh, as far as the pass rush goes, I yeah, I, I think it's going to be by committee. I think you're going to see some, you know, a lot of blitzing, uh, a lot of mixing it up and you know, obviously you want to see some guys get uh, in there by themselves, you know, one-on-one matchups. I think Vita Vea and dominic and Sue are going to pretty much be the key to everything. You know, that's why we talked about it. Like, you want them to stay healthy. So, you know, bringing pressure from guys like Carl Nassif. Obviously Shaq Barrett has shown he can win one-on-ones uh, with his spin move that is just dirty. Uh, so you, you got you gotta a lot of things into play, and I think Todd Bowles is going to do a good job of mixing it up and really creating havoc. Um, in the backfield, uh, causing confusion for the quarterback.
1: Yeah, with that question, are you concerned about the pass rush? I mean, at first I was like, this is a whole new defense. This defense is going to have to learn on the go. It It's crazy how fast they got it. I don't know if it's that already that's there for them, considering Vita hasn't really been playing and Levante's been hurt too, and JPP hasn't been in there. I don't know if that even matters because it's so much going on it's so many ways like he said bulls finding a way to generate pressure he does that it's whether that's a safety coming in a a nickel corner blitzing while a defender or lineman drops back it's just so different from what we've been accustomed to watching on tv for big guys going in through linebackers behind them just waiting for a pass into zones where it's going to easily get caught it's just so much more confusing for the quarterback, like you said, and just fast and attacking. So it's it's almost as if if they're going to make a mistake, it's going to be a mistake at a million miles an hour, and the quarterback's going to have to make the decision that fast because it's like okay, there's someone in my face no matter what, and like to like how Bulls says it's he's not blitzing all the time because it's just four guys going in. It's just which four guys are going in. Mm-hmm. Is it a middle linebacker? A corner and two linemen or is it like just a normal four guys going in stunting yeah. it's just so diverse it's it's cool to see it too
0: yeah it, it's it's all based on deception um and it's kind of like a uh, it's it's a mirage i mean really that's what they're trying to do they're trying to create um one look and then it, it becomes a totally different look after pre-snap so it's it's all timing. I mean, yes, that I'm still a little concerned about winning one-on-ones, which they need to do. Uh, they have to be consistent in winning those one-on-ones because uh, you can't blitz all the time, you know. But at the same time, like you said, with that creating deception as far as, you know, bringing whether it's three or up to six, seven guys at one time, <laughs> you know. That's that creates a problem for the quarterback because they're not always sure, you know, exactly who's coming from where. You know, it could come from the corners, it could come up the middle, um, pretty much everywhere. And we've seen that so far.
1: Yeah, what I'm happy that we are finally going to get is you've seen so many times where Drew Brees would come up to the line and see, oh, Leonard Johnson's one on one with this dude, or they, he would just move someone in motion just to see if we're in man. Right. Now it's kind of hard; you can't really read this guys. If they move someone, we're moving a million pieces. It's like, what is going on? It's not just the secondary that's moving. Our defensive linemen will shift or just totally change spots. So the quarterback's like, why the hell did he even move? I just told my guy to move over. So it's fun. It's fun mm-hmm. for the defense to be like, okay, read this, dumbass. Yeah, You think you're going to move someone over? I'm going to move like three guys. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I hope you know what you're going to do because I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. That's the cool part of this defense that – we haven't had forever in, mm-hmm. in forever for real. Right. It's the same thing with like the like the offense moving pieces like that. Defense is moving pieces. It's it's fun. It's really really fun to see. And something uh, it, every time I see it on on the Game Pass, I'm like, what the hell is going? Like you can't read that. It, it's yeah. But good question, Demetrius. Very good question. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to Tommy at hand, at All Hands Galley. Now the now that Levante is healthy is this the strongest group of linebackers we've had since the early 2000s
0: yeah I mean I gotta I gotta think so um, it's it's a it's a very strong group obviously we need um, you know Devin white to continue to progress and get better but adding a guy like Levante David who's just a very cerebral player and a guy that's you know extremely athletic and he can make plays on his own and really disrupt um, you know, a whole offense by himself. So yeah, having having those two guys, uh, then, you know, just the depth. I mean we we talked about it before in past podcasts. Uh the middle linebacker depth is impressive. And then now you have outside linebackers and and Barrett and NASA. Devontae Bond looks like a whole new player. Uh then you have Anthony Nelson coming back this week. So there's a lot of good things. Jack she. Um, you know, and then we have guys like who, who've played in the defense before and Kevin Minter and Dion Buchanan or Day Buchanan. So yeah, I'm excited about that group. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the key to the defense is the linebackers after Vita Vea and, um, Sue.
1: Yeah. It's the next level and mm-hmm. they're going to be blitzing a lot and right. all of them are playing extremely fast. To answer the question, I would say for the middle linebacker group, Yes. Hands down, the the deepest we've been. And the fact that Levante is a middle linebacker in this defense, wow. Mm -hmm. When Levante and Devin White are your number one and two middle linebackers, that's scary. That's speed. That's range. Levante bringing the headiness, just telling people what to do. Like, yes, yes, yes. Um, That's all I can say for that that question. This is uh, Rob Dunlap. He had a long little uh, written out. Statement, I guess. Okay, so let let me not butcher this one. Okay, so he said, I spent the last 10 years living near Seattle. The Seahawks have done an amazing job at developing potential potential every year. The Bucks have finally assembled a coaching staff capable of doing that same thing. The proof is in the players on our roster. Bye, Andre Ellington. Hello, Dare. We have young talent at our wide receiver now. We didn't need a, to bring in d where we already knew his ceiling and weren't going to find him catch- coachable. Our defense is young and explosive. No more Chris Contes. If you don't have potential, we don't need you. I love the way we are heading. Emmanuel Hall is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. They valued the talent and potential. This is going to be an exciting year. I've never been more pumped about a Bucks team since the Grunera. <laughs> Signed off, beef tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: I mean, that's a great, those are great words by Rob there. Uh, I agree with it. You know, you look at the practice squad. We talked about this earlier. It's just adding guys with potential guys that have that upside that can be developed and become, you know, future players for this team. So yeah, that's, that's really nice to see. Um, But I think it just shows and we'll get in, I guess we're going to jump into this next is actually the roster breakdown, but you know, you look at positions across the board, it's keeping guys that, you know, are productive Guys that produced in the preseason and guys that really showed upside as far as development and just continue to get better. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, is a, a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dar- even his dad posted something. I had to retweet that, how Dari's an undrafted guy. He's a walk-on in Wisconsin, made it there, undrafted, Texans get him. Doesn't last there, comes over here and look, again, practice squat. Give Jason Light his credit. Like a lot of these guys, these are his moves. This isn't the coaching staff's moves. Like a lot of people like to get on him about oh, the Aguayo move. Okay. Every GM's gonna have a move like that. Okay? It's it's he was a best kicker in college. He sucked in the NFL. He was a head case. He's no longer in the NFL. Jason Light has been productive. He's been getting guys. It's just getting the coaching staff to use those guys correctly. That's why we're so happy. And to answer at Beef Tongue, <laughs> I agree with all of it, Like the, especially the Emmanuel Hall thing. That This is, a like I mentioned earlier, a guy that we liked would fit the system, and we're applying it, saving him for the future, a practice squad for the future, not just, oh, we're going to need him because we're going to get hurt. No, we're going to develop you, and you're going to be that good. Right, I mean the Tanner Hudsons, uh, the stealing Cam from the Saints. It's just stuff like that. Like we you're thinking ahead, you're building a foundation to build for the future. This is what you want in a GM. And the Gruden era, he mentioned that. Most excited, Gruden didn't build a foundation. He just kept stealing older guys, getting the most he could out of them. This is a total different, like dynasty kind of feel, like Bill Belichick stuff. Getting guys like like the. Gerald Hawkins, mm-hmm. getting a guy that off of a team that has a plethora of offensive linemen, bringing him to a team that doesn't have him, and let him grow, let him go, right? Yeah, it's just a foundation to build your future, pretty much.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, and uh, that'll probably uh, we'll go into our next topic here. But let's before we get into the fifty three, let's uh, discuss some some news that happened before the roster breakdown, and that was um, JPP. Uh, as we hear that he's going to be on the pup list, going to miss the first six weeks, which is which was expected. I mean, yeah. we're expecting a late October, early November kind of, kind of return. I said after the bye week, which is week seven, so that would give him about seven weeks to get you know right. And uh, I think it's good news. I, I think he's going to be back, and um, you know, hopefully, there's just no setbacks and he just continues to make that progress. So now it's just about you know strengthening that neck, getting the mobility in there, and we'll see what
1: happens. Yeah, mobility first, then right. strengthening. Yeah. Because if you're going to strengthen a limited range of motion, you're going to be stuck in that limited range of motion. So that is my PT side of it. Yes. Thank God he didn't have anything that bad. And do not rush anything with cervical spine. Let him – he's already a fast healer. Like, right. that's crazy. He didn't have anything on. He's doing good. Yeah, out of the neck brace. Yeah, let let him do his his due diligence. Let him be ready to come in when he when it's time for him to come in. I think if you said week seven he comes back. After the bye?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be out for the, the first six games. And then the week, week seven, seven, he can start coming back to practice. And then he has tw- they have 21 days after those six games to determine if he can come back to the roster. That way, they'll make a move. Or if he can't, then he'll have to go on IR and miss the whole season. So. Nor
1: at JPP, I guarantee he's back. Oh, yeah. Week eight starting, probably. Yeah, I think so. Maybe limited reps just to get him accustomed to game- like as they say, game shape. Mm-hmm. But I, based on his track record, he blew off his damn first two fingers. He his drive is more than most players, so right. I think he's good to go.
0: Yeah, and so that's exciting. Uh, so that's that's positive. But yeah, let's let's get into uh, let's get into the roster breakdown. Um, you know, we had the cuts, final cuts, and you know, looking at this team. You want to just go by position
1: by position real quick, or you go, want to... go with the biggest one? Go with the biggest one. The first. biggest cuts. The, the okay. Old, the big Noah Spence. Let's go with that one because everyone wants to hear that one. Yeah, I mean that was it. Was,
0: it was kind of a surprise. Um, you, you it were, was to me too. It yeah, was. I mean, most of us fans, we thought, you know, he's going to be on this team in some regard, whether it's, you know, just coming in as a situational pass rusher, or, you know, in some standpoint playing it. You know, he was a starter for most of the preseason. At least he was in front of Barrett, you know, for the most part. Then Barrett kind of just showed. Barrett was hurt, though, right? Barrett was hurting, street, uh-huh. hurt a little bit. He hurt his ankle, I believe. Thanks. And um, But then he started producing late, you know, <laughs> in the preseason. I really put up numbers. Uh, but, yeah, it was a surprise. I mean, the guy, second-round pick, been here for about, I think this was year four for him. And for whatever reason, it just it just didn't work out, and the, the Bucks decided to move on.
1: All right, so this was – my take on it. So someone, I forgot, I wanted to give him a name drop on there. Some fan was really, oh, here he is. Um, Shay the one, the one Hane. I guess that's it. He was very upset about the, the Noah Spence cut. And he was saying, like, let me see. He said, I for one am not happy with the move to cut Noah Spence. Clearly, Harris and O'Connor get credit for plays that Noah made. I'm not happy with this move. It makes little to no sense. Noah went from blossoming player into the system to breakout candidate to starter to no good. And he had a little emoji with it. So, I mean, I'll take this and I'll I'll do my evaluation with it. Yes, I thought Noah Spence could have been a breakout player in this too. Yeah. But like I put in the beginning of the intro, I always do intros. Bruce Herring said, when it comes down to the Final 53... Looking at a player and what we need, it's, okay, is that player that good? We put him there, but now can that player, is that player's ability as good to make the 53 as opposed to a special team's needs? And when you look at it, yes, he mentioned O'Connor and Harris. But guess what? O'Connor and Harris could play special teams. Obviously, O'Connor isn't on the team right now, but... Barrett outplayed Noah Spence hands down. He did on get off on ability to do pass rush moves, speed off the off the snap, spin. Like he just did everything. He showed well, everything. the biggest thing he finished. Yeah, he finished, and that that's huge. Finishing the play, yes. Noah Spence would jump in at the end. He's like, oh, these guys would get credit, but Noah Spence for this is your fifth year. I think fourth year. Now. Fourth year. Yeah. Either way, I mean, the dude didn't produce. And if he was going to be on this roster, he'd have to be either a starter or right beneath it, a situational pass rusher. Or situational pass rusher right now is Barrett. He easily won, up, won that job. You no, know, Spencer would have to play special teams. We haven't seen him much on special teams. And when he was on there, he obviously didn't produce because I didn't really see him. So, I mean, that's your answer right there. He was Was he a good player and a guy that could have, Probably giving you five to six sacks this year? Probably, yeah. I agree with that. And I, I was shocked that we dropped him. But when you look at it as a whole, he would have had to play special teams. And if guys are outplaying him, if, I guarantee Harris made more plays in special teams and Noah Spence would have. Or just Noah Spence isn't accustomed to playing special teams. So that's your answer. I mean, I like Noah Spence too. I mean, it's just if you didn't produce, you didn't. You don't have the numbers, you don't, you're not in that top spot you got to do something that's going to give me warrant to, to keep you. I mean, and I obviously, special teams, he doesn't have that. And Harris did better, so he's on the team.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, you know, I look at it this way. Noah Spence was really – he was good at one thing, and, and maybe not even good, maybe average at best, and that was, you know, his get-off and ability to, you know, get around the edge at times – but he just wasn't really consistent with his play. Um, he struggled with um, finding ways to to win inside as far as counter moves, you know, as far as pass rush. He showed it at times, but just very inconsistent. Uh, and then he was also, you know, he's one-sided, really couldn't stop the run. Um, not really, you know, good as far as holding his yeah. edge or ground against the run.
1: That's something Arians talked about. He's right. like, he's good at going, getting after the pass rusher, but he can't stop the run. Right. You got to. These are little things you got to listen to. Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt.
0: Oh no, no, you're good. Um, yeah, so those two things there, and then yeah, I mean, special teams plays a factor. I mean, you look at Harris. Um, I mean, the guy can just do more. Um, he can offer special teams value. He can offer, you know, run stopping, uh, and then he also has some ability to get after the pass, uh, the passer. So, and he's shown it in preseason. And then you look at, I think the biggest factor, they saw Devontae Bond move to outside linebacker and his ability to win off the edge yeah. as well. Pretty much the same thing that Noah Spence can do. Plus, Devontae Bond is a hell of a special teams player. I think that kind of knocked him out. I mean, once they saw what Devontae could do, it pretty much it sealed it. And then, uh, obviously, they love Anthony Nelson. I think he's, he's coming back this week, so that's going to be huge. Um, and he, can, he can just do more. Anthony can play inside, he can play outside. Uh, it,
1: it comes down to versatility. Yeah, I mean, like he said, at the bottom of your roster, Noah Spence does not have a starting position. And if, when JPP comes back, one of these guys are going to get pushed down again. If Noah Spence can't do all the things that a Devontae Bond can do, a Harris can do, a, a Jack Sitchie can do, like these guys that play defense and special teams, You don't do those things. Even like Justin Watson, he made it because he plays good special teams too. Same thing with Bobo. He's a good wide receiver, but he also can return kicks. You need to have these two things to make a roster. If you're not a number one guy, you better have something that is going to force him to keep you. Noah Spence didn't have that. and I'm not butthurt, but I liked him as a prospect, but he just didn't produce. He didn't make you keep him.
0: Yeah, he he really needed to have a, a elite uh, trait, and he just he never had it. Like, if, just get off Barrett one easily, right? And get off. Yeah, if if Noah Spence had elite like elite pass rushing moves, and he could win one on ones like like easy, then obviously he would be on the team. But he just doesn't have that. Um, and if you don't have that, then you have to be good at multiple things, and that just wasn't the case. But I wish him the best. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that that 2016 draft is. Is not looking so hot right now. But, you know. <laughs> right hopef-
1: after I said Jason Light. <laughs> give him
0: kudos. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully, um, you know, VH3 uh, and Devontae Bond, and obviously we still have Ben and I, hopefully those guys continue uh, to, to, get, to get better and, and improve and ball out. But, yeah, I mean, looking at, let's look at some other moves that they made. Let's just start, we'll start with the moves they made today. Um, they added TJ Logan, running back. Um, they cut uh, Patrick O'Connor, which we talked about. Um, so I, I like the the TJ Logan edition. That's going to be your fourth running back on the team. Uh, he's a guy that can provide you you can name it special teams value. Mm-hmm. He can return kicks. He's shown it in college. Uh, he returned four, I believe, back for touchdowns. So the guy's got uh, he's got the skills to return kicks, and he's got speed, which Bruce Arians loves. I mean, he loves speed. <laughs> so he's he's a good guy that you you know he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, Yeah. So I like that move. And then the, the biggest next move they made, which was over the weekend, uh, getting Gerald Hawkins from Pittsburgh to add some offensive line depth, which I think all fans were hoping they would do. And, uh, I like it. You know, you bring in a guy that can play both left and right tackle. Uh, I believe Mark, you put up a clip of him, you know, pretty much dominating against the bucks, which, uh, was, (laughs) which was nice to see. Uh, but yeah, the guy's got good feet. Um, and, and really, uh, you know, good potential. Only 25 years old. So a, another prospect that we can develop.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's big. Like someone said, oh, what do you mean by length and size or whatever? i meant depth in that position. And Hawkins just, he can, like you were talking back and forth about this, how he can stand his ground. He's not going to get pushed over really easy. That was something that Benenock was getting done every time when he played guard. This is a, a dude that's big. He's going to stand his ground. He's not going to get pushed backwards much. If you're going to beat him, it's going to be with speed. But if you look at some of the clips, he does very well when he has to switch off on stunts on against speed. Yeah, speed's going to get him if you beat him off the line. It's hard. Like That's why the Von Millers of the world and Khalil Max and guys like that can win because they have that elite speed. Same thing like you were saying with Noah Spence. If Noah Spence had it. We'd, he'd be on this team. It's just Hawkins does well all, all the way across the board. He's not going to get shoved over. He's going to be in the way. If anything, he's just going to delay because he's in the way. And, hey, it's an upgrade over anything that we had. And you said we traded away, what, a late round pick? That yeah,
0: swaps late round picks in 2021.
1: 20, so, so. so, I mean, either way, it's a good move. They found the depth. That Good move to me. Like, from the little bit of research that I did, he just needs to stay healthy. And the game he played against us was, well, he plays right tackle as well. I saw that when he played against, I don't know, I saw the second game, he played right tackle. And then again, he played left tackle against, I believe, I don't know. But he played left and right. And he played a little bit of guard, I believe, left guard. Okay. So the dude is multi-dimensional. I mm-hmm. guess they like positional flexibility, so right. I like it. I like the addition. I think it's a, even an upgrade over Beninok, and I think – no Bucks fan has a good taste in their mouth with Beninock, but he <laughs> yeah. has gotten a little better. I'll give him that.
0: Yeah, Beninock just has no calves. I mean, he's gotta work on his <laughs> down his legs, man, because he's just top heavy and that's why he he struggles against bull rushes and usually gets, you know, pushed back and you know, that's something that we don't see with Gerald Hawkins. I mean, he's very stout with his his ground and knows how to anchor well, knows how to re-anchor. Uh, and knows how to move his feet when it's going side to side. And so I, I like I like that move. Again, it's a, it's a guy with upside, a guy that could be, you know, your potential swing tackle um, to replace like a, a guy like Earl Watford, you know, who's probably going to be doing that right now as far as being the versatile guy that can play all five positions. Now you have this guy who you can, you know, bring along slowly, let him learn the offense, and then, you know, Beninok might be, you know, on the way out, but we'll see. Uh, but let, let's, let's go with that offensive line. So we have our starters. We have Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen. Uh, then right guard, you have uh, Alex Kappa and Tamar Dotson as your starting five. So that was expected. Your backups, Earl Watford, um, Gerald Hawkins, who we just picked up, Caleb Beninok, and Zach Bailey. So I think we're both happy that Zach mm-hmm. Bailey made the team. I think he was deserving. He really progressed as the preseason went on. So,
1: Talk about a guy that's stout and doesn't, doesn't get run over. Right. That, that's the typical guy. And I think I mentioned this when we signed him as an undrafted free agent. He plays in his phone booth well. He doesn't do good running outside of it. If, if the tackle in the center or next him, whatever's in front of him, he's going to do well with. And he, I've put up clips of it. You guys who follow us, who are listening know that's what he does well if he's got to move a lot he's not gonna do well mm. but i want him to push and go and he does that well i'm happy he made the squad
0: yeah so happy with that um let's uh let's just quickly go through the roster here uh so quarterbacks obviously expected we have Jameis, uh blaine gabrette ryan griffin so you know that was expected running backs we mentioned it we have four so payton barber rojo Dari Ugunbalale, balale and then tj <laughs> logan uh, wide receivers, they kept six, which was kind of surprising. I didn't think they were going to keep six, but they went with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Brashad uh, Perriman, you have Justin Watson, Bobo Wilson, and Scotty Probably in that order. Miller,
1: Yes. Uh, let me give Bruce Arians real quick saying why they kept that many. Here he is. And
0: Scotty Miller and Bobo Wilson. I think uh, other, other than one play where they cost us interception, I thought they all played well. Uh, they... Uh, Justin's found a good spot on special teams. He's been a good special teamer in the past. Bobo has return ability, coverage ability. Uh, Scotty's feeling his way in those areas. He missed a lot of time, uh, so. But I think he showed enough promise.
1: Yeah. So Justin Watson, obviously, he's a gunner. He's done well in practice and, and in game last year. Um, Bobo, like we mentioned earlier, returns kicks. Just is dynamic. Is a more dynamic player than a lot. Of, Of guys we have on this team and then Scotty Miller I guess he just showed enough as he said promise I would obviously think it's just speed threat and being a type of just go player
0: yeah we we talked about this before the podcast Uh, I think Scotty's probably gonna be one of your inactive uh, players early on as they you know continue to develop him and make sure that he's you know ready to go as far as assignments and everything Um, but yeah I, I like the receiver group I think that's a strong group and then going to the tight end position where there's another kind of surprise, but uh, you know, it was kind of expected Um, Tanner Hudson making this football team. He pretty much dominated the preseason played his way on Uh, it. It's hard to find guys that can be that good of a receiving threat as far as catching the football. I mean, he's got excellent hands, maybe the best hands on the team. Uh, And uh, you know, he just finds a way to get open. I think, one of the, one of the pod, other podcasts mentioned, like, he's just like Jason Witten. Like, just the way he can find ways to get open. Not saying he's going to be Jason Witten, but, you know, just finding ways to getting getting open and, and the right holes in the defense. So, I like that. You know, obviously you have O.J. Howard Cambray and Anthony Auclair, you know, along with him. So, I mean, I know you're one of the big supporters
1: for uh, Tanner. Absolutely. I mean, if you can – like you just said if- – Not many tight ends can catch the ball like that. Jason Witten, he's an amazing route runner. I don't think Tanner Hudson's all the way there yet. Right. Tanner Hudson's really raw. I mean, they said in his first preseason game, he ran the wrong route. He got in the way of uh, Schnell, right? And he caught the ball that Schnell should have had. But the thing is, it's rare how he can catch the ball. He is actually athletic for a tight end. He's not like speed threat like Howard is, but still... There's not, a lot of guys who would hope to have a Tanner Hudson. Yeah, he can't block like Cameron Braid. Like those two are so similar. It's not. It's not even funny. Uh, a lot of people say Luke Stalker. Luke Stalker was a blocker. This dude can catch the ball. He can make something happen when he catches the ball. Like, that's that's a guy you want on your roster. If we put him, we try to get him on the practice squad. He would not be in our team. It'd be like the Cam Braid situation all over again. Mm. So that gives you options. Like if one of our guys do go down. Look who the hell's right behind? A guy that has shown up, has shown he could do things. Like, I, I'm all in his corner. Does he need work blocking? Yes, but he, he did do well as, like, a an H-back, like that camera break roll where he, he looks like a blocker and he goes out for a pass. He caught a touchdown doing that, and then he was a diversion the next time where Jordan Leggett caught the touchdown. So he's very multiple in ways like that, and he's a weapon. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's on the team
0: yeah I like it, and plus he'll have time to develop his blocking skills you know during the season, which is gonna be good. I think he'll probably be another guy that might be inactive as well um just bringing yeah. him along slowly and really working on his special teams blocking et cetera and really if he can do that, round out his game, he'll be quite a weapon in the future uh so that's you know that's that's a good thing again, it goes back to building that foundation for the future, like you you talked about earlier, so yeah. um so what's, that's
1: what's funny on that is. Mm-hmm. Looking at him or Noah Spence, that's a huge decision they probably had to make as well. Like Tanner Hudson doesn't do much on special teams, but is he more valuable than Spence? Based on production, Spence hasn't, he's proved he's been in this league a lot longer. He hasn't shown what he can do yet. Tanner Hudson hasn't been in as long, and the little bit that he has shown, he's produced. So I guess you got to give this guy that has potential his room to grow. And Noah Spence, who's had his time based off of injuries, based off of lack of production i'm sorry i mean we we got to move on yeah and that's busy business business organization move right yeah
0: i agree and people forget tanner hudson's a former quarterback so you know for him to you know grow like he has i mean that's that's really impressive and you know i'm just waiting for if he does play in a game the one trick play where they you know pitch it back to him and he throws a pass down the field Uh, i'm not sure if we'll see that but that'd be something exciting uh, but <laughs> let's, let's, uh, go into the defense real quickly. You know, defense line, uh, I think we have the obvious, you have Vita Vea and Dominic and Sue, Wilt Golston, Bo Allen, and Raheem Nunez, Roaches or Nacho. Nacho. So those are your five. They only keep five, uh, down linemen and then, you know, go into outside linebackers we kind of already mentioned this, but you have NASA Barrett, Devontae Bond, Anthony Nelson, and Damone Harris. And then they kept five inside linebackers. Uh, you know, obvious Levante David, Devin White, uh, Dayon Buchanan, Kevin Minter, and Jack Sitchie. So it's a pretty solid front seven, uh, pretty good group. Again, we've talked about it all offseason, you know, Vita Vea, and it looks like he's going to come back this week, which is huge. Uh, I think he's just he's the key to everything, man. The, the guy's a beast,
1: yeah, 100% agree. We we agree on a lot of things. That's, that's why we... <laughs> but it's the times that we disagree that's fun. Uh, it's just, yeah, it all starts up front with Sue and Vitavea. It, Vitavea in practice looked amazing. I hope he continues with a healthy... Vitavea with a healthy knee. Um, it seems like he's going to be back. Levante David is going to be back. It looks like it's not even a question with Arians. Vitavea, if he's there... Our team is totally different. Sue is a proven player, but Vita Vea is something special. And those two next to each other could be nasty. It would allow for everyone behind them to be just all-stars, pretty much. Like Devin White would be so much better if he could learn behind those two guys. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just you hope he's there come Sunday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh and let's wrap it up with the secondary. So secondary corners, you have VH3 Carlton Davis as your outside starters. You have MJ Stewart who's going to be your starting nickel. Uh then Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. And I think it's going to be in that order. Uh, I think um you know, the rookies obviously are just a little bit behind. They got to catch up and really adjust to the game. Then you look at the safeties. Uh, I think you have Justin Evans who I think could be playing this week as well. So that's huge. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, who's a stud. We already know that. Uh, Then you have uh, Mike Edwards, who I think is going to play as well this week. So that's big. And then uh, Darian uh, Stewart, who is the veteran presence. Uh, Kind of a surprise move. They kept him over Kentrell Bryce. But, you know, looking at it, I mean, Stewart can do a lot of things. And, you know, just that experience back there, I think they really wanted that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it is surprising they only kept four safeties considering how – multiple they are and how much they ask the safeties to do right um i think yeah the jamel dean over sean murphy bunting is accurate because i don't care about draft position jamel dean just proved a lot more he's a lot more aggressive he doesn't have to learn as much he's an sec player he just knows the speed of the game a little bit better than murphy bunting right now murphy bunting maybe well then again they're both very athletic maybe more of a natural gifted athlete, not as tight hipped as Jim L. Dean is, but Dean just is an animal. Let's be honest. Like, so it's going to be hard to get through him to get open. I agree with your assessment of that. Safeties. I, I, that's why I kind of said John battled probably be one of the first guys up There's four safeties, let alone injury. It's because you don't even know Mike Evans is oh, Mike Evans. Mike <laughs> Edwards is fully healthy yet. Either, right, so right. yeah, I mean that, all that sounds the defensive guys that we have on the roster all either produced in practice in preseason or just just did well. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, none of them were like, "Oh, damn, it was." A, should we have kept the other guy? No, it's I guess the Noah Spence and Harris thing, but mm-hmm. all of them did produce, and I like every one of them. Right? Yeah, I agree
0: with that. Then. Yeah. And- you know, special teams. Matt Gay winning the the kicking job. Uh, you know, the guy has shown he's got the power. He's got the leg accuracy. Um, so hopefully, he just continues to do do well um, and becomes that weapon that we need. Then you know, punter Bradley Pinion. I think he had an awesome uh, last preseason game, which was great to see. And then they have, I think, it's Zach Triner as the long snapper. So that's that's your fifty three man roster. Uh, I'm pretty you know happy with it. I think. It's got a lot of potential. Um, again, you know, once now we're in the regular season, you know, we've talked about it pretty much all off season. The, the keys are obviously offensive line, defense line. I think playing well, uh, you know, if that offensive line just is average, you know, I think our offense is, is going to explode. Give Jameis just enough time, I think he'll be good enough. And uh, I think the running game is going to surprise us well just because they're going to commit to it more, which is going to be huge. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready for this week one opponent in San Francisco, which is a, a huge test. Uh, so, I
1: mean. Well, and I'll just jump off of what you said. Yeah. Obviously, we've been saying this since off season. It's the lines. It starts there. Offensive line, like you said, I'm hoping they can make a running game. They showed a little bit of the glimpses of it. The difference in blocking as opposed to cutters to Bruce Arians is immensely different. I mean, it's not just standing in space, blocking. It's actually a game plan to a block. We're going to double and then move. So I hope that actually produces come game one. I hope Peyton Barber can actually elaborate and become a feature back and then Ronald Jones be the guy that can break it out when Peyton Barber's beat you beat you to pulp and then Ronald Jones just breaks it open. Dari catching passes. It's just going to be different, mm-hmm. for a better word, Right. So and then D line, yeah, it all starts with Vita and Sue. After that, everyone else can produce because if they're winning, everyone behind them is winning. I hope it's a fun season, a season we can finally say we finally did it. But again, there's a lot of ifs and hopes and coulds that we're going to expect. I mean, we need healthy. We need guys to play up to to par. I mean, again, the secondary is questionable. Because you don't really have an answer on any of them. I mean, there's so many injuries. I mean, Edwards and Evans are still kind of hurt. The only guy you have for sure is Jordan Whitehead. So it's there's question marks, but the potential is there, and I hope that potential actually shows this year.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh but yeah, I mean, just excited for the the week one matchup against San Francisco. Uh I believe we're going to get into that probably later in the week. Uh, I'm hoping to do a, another podcast Uh, coming this friday to preview that game Uh, we might be at the game as well so excited about that Um, so it it should be it should be a fun week Um, a lot more to come as we get closer to sunday so just really excited about it Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode thank you guys again for the questions Um, and as always go bucks